0: You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is not a drill. A pair of NFL teams open training camp later this week. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Network and at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. I'm sure I'm going to have some takes that you're going to want to tell me I'm wrong about on Twitter. Today, awesome show. We're going to hear from Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys and Chris Carter of Locked On NFL and Locked On Steelers. They're going to help us get some insight on those two teams that are going to open things up as far as training camps are concerned, your Hall of Fame game teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys. They start practices on Thursday, and Landon McCool is going to tell us if Dallas did enough to rebuild their defense. How much pressure is going to be on Dak Prescott and the boys' offense to carry the team in 2021. And Chris Carter is going to tell us why Big Ben Roethlisberger has become one of the more polarizing players in the NFL. Hall of Fame game set for August 5th in Canton, Ohio. And, you know, I'm so excited that just teams are opening up training camp. I don't care that it's Dallas and that the NFL is continuing to just spoon-feed us the Dallas Cowboys, even though we get a heavy dose of the boys each and every year. But you've got Dallas in the Hall of Fame game. They're the team that's featured on Hard Knocks. And they're also in the game, the season opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football on September 9th. The Buccaneers, they begin their quest to repeat. They open up training camp practices on Sunday. The other 29 teams, they'll open things up next week. Tampa also set to visit the White House tomorrow on Tuesday and uh, this is kind of wild that I guess despite winning the Super Bowl in the early 2000s and the Tampa Bay Lightning, the NHL team, they won the Stanley Cup now three times. That this is the first time a Tampa franchise will visit the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's pretty wild. The Bucks, their first visit under John Gruden was wiped out in 03 due to the U.S. preparing to invade Iraq. And then the Lightning, they were denied not once but twice, once due to the NHL lockout. And the other due to last year's coronavirus pandemic. I don't know if we've ever seen a team run it back quite like the Bucs are doing from 2020 to 2021, basically bringing the entire gang back together. The quest to get Tom Brady his eighth ring. There's really not a whole lot the guy hasn't accomplished in his NFL career. Obviously, you know, with the Olympics opening up this week, he hasn't won a gold medal because football is an Olympic sport. Would it be an Olympic? Summer sport or winter sport? I I think it's got to be a winter sport. But uh, the U.S., and this is not like a xenophobic take. Like the U.S. is so far in a way better than the rest of the countries at football. I don't think that there would be much. It would just be a dream team performance. They would just stomp everybody because like 95% of the player pool is American. You'd have to open things up and let guys compete for other countries that weren't obviously born there. I think, you know, Canada might be. The team that would have the next best talent, and it would be pretty far from what the U.S. could put there out on the on the playing field. And would you go with like the goat? Would you give Tom Brady the opportunity to win, or would you go with the best quarterback playing in the game right now, and Patrick Mahomes? It's fun to kind of like have your hypothetical United States Olympic football team, even though it'd be so tough to figure it out because the Olympics, what is it, three weeks uh, usually? I think you'd need at least four weeks of football, kind of like the playoff. Setup is right now in the NFL, get the wild card round, you get the divisional round, conference championship, and then a Super Bowl without the week uh, between conference championship and Super Bowl. I think that'd be enough, but like I said, you know, the there's too big, wide of a margin as far as talent in the United States versus the international pool. Maybe you go just one game, kind of like a Super Bowl between... American-born players and then foreign-born players. That'd be pretty fun. I don't know. I like to watch the Olympics. I think it's great white noise to have on in the background. After you come home from work and you're cooking dinner and you've got whatever event might be on on in the background and the next thing you know you become the ultimate armchair quarterback and you're criticizing athletes from a sport that you just pretty much started watching 20 minutes ago. We do have one update on a story from last week, the ugly situation surrounding uh, cornerback Free agent cornerback Richard Sherman, he pleaded not guilty on Friday to five misdemeanor charges stemming from his arrest at his in-laws' home in Northeast Seattle. Uh, according to documents filed by the King County Prosecuting Attorney's Office on Friday, charges include two domestic violent counts, criminal trespass in second degree and malicious mischief in the third degree, along with resisting arrest, driving while well under the influence and reckless endangerment. Of roadway workers, the charges all misdemeanors, punishable up to 90 days in jail, or gross misdemeanors, punishable up to one year in jail. His next scheduled court date for Sherman a pretrial hearing on August 13th. There were some conditions for Sherman's release from jail. He's just not allowed to have any contact with his father-in-law, Raymond Moss. Um, and then Friday afternoon, Sherman posted a statement on Twitter acknowledging last week's events. He said he was deeply remorseful. And also went on to say that he's been dealing with some personal challenges over the last several months. Not saying that that's an excuse, I'm paraphrasing, but the importance of mental and emotional health are extremely real. And he vows to get the help that he needs. And uh, that's the latest from Richard Sherman, the unsigned free agent. And it sounds like, you know, and rightfully so, his priorities are no longer getting signed by an NFL team and playing in the 2021 season. Are the LA Rams the team to beat in the NFC West in 2021? Locked On Rams host, Sosha Kramenjas, gives us that answer plus what to expect from the team entering its fifth season under head coach Sean McVay. I've recently seen an uptick in people reaching out to me on social media thanking me for telling them about Built Bar because it's the best tasting protein bar on the market. No doubt about it. It's a protein bar disguised as a candy bar. All the protein bars, all the Built Bars... They're covered in 100% delicious chocolate, and you don't cut any corners nutrition-wise for the taste of a Bilt Bar. It's celebrating the freedom of choice. They have nine delicious flavors, and they've got two limited-time flavors throughout the entire summer, orange and strawberry, both amazing, to go along with coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, my personal favorite, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what? If you don't know what your favorite flavor is, get a mix box right now. And not only the Bilt Bar's flavors just the best tasting, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of muscle-packing protein, calories ranging between 130 and 180, and only 4 grams of sugars and 4 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. I mentioned the Olympics are coming up this week. Well, built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. They're not going to compromise what they're putting in their bodies. It's so important they can't mess things up. They rely on built Bar. Go to Bilt.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Using the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Yeah, a pair of teams headed to training camp this week. Uh, just the excitement, man. I cannot wait for NFL football. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. We continue our pre-training camp team previews. And this week, I'm going to be joined by Sosha Kermenges of Locked On Rams, of course, a PFF scribe, QB MVP's, on Twitter, very motivational dude. Check him out on social media. And so, so, thanks for joining us. The Rams open camp next week. What's the biggest pressing question surrounding this team entering its fifth season under Sean McVay?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting to say because I feel like most people would probably be uh, intrigued by the quarterback spot, which of course would make a lot of sense. Their first, you know, real legitimate look at Matthew Stafford in the horns. But For me, I think it would be the offensive line. You know, the Rams have some changes up front. they got, you know, the former right guard, Austin Corbett, sliding the center and a first-time starter or presumably what should be the first-time starter uh, in Bobby Evans at right guard. So, you know, there's a lot of transition there. And we know Matthew Stafford's been a guy that's never really had a dominant offensive line, I feel like, throughout the course of his NFL career. And he's been, you know, injured and went through a lot of different things. I think just last season had... You know, upwards of like four or five different injuries that he's playing through. So uh, a guy that's been relatively durable, you know, over the last six or seven seasons. But at the end of the day, you got to try to keep that guy upright as much as possible. And now there's an extra NFL game. So, you know, it's only going to make it harder to last. So I think that's probably the most intriguing part, the biggest question mark, in my opinion. But, you know, of course, all the eyes are going to be on number nine at that quarterback spot.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I was just kind of surprised to see this. I know the stat about the Seahawks, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll during their tenure, they've won no less than nine games. Same thing could be said for Sean McVay on a little bit smaller sample size in his four seasons. He hasn't won less than nine games. Something's got to give because Matthew Stafford, he hasn't been above 500 in the last three seasons. It's going to be an interesting thing to see just if this marriage will work. Um, I I recently saw Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver at getting open in the NFL. Like He's the NFL's 7-11. 711 he never closes he's always open robert woods isn't that big of a slouch either is a big position battle going into camp going to be that wide receiver
1: after those that duo I think it will be, you know, of course you got those guys, like you mentioned, those are your one, a one B receivers. I feel like anyone that has, you know, a very clean idea of which guy is better is like a lunatic. I mean, there's no difference between these guys. They (laughs) do the same things. They're good at the same things and they're asked to do the same things on the field. So uh, you got those guys. And when you put them aside, you know, that wide wide receiver three spot, I think is very interesting because the Rams obviously paid Deshaun Jackson a lot of money for a guy who has not played much over the last, three seasons been a lot of injuries for him uh but at the same time you know this is a guy that i think matthew stafford is really going to enjoy because you know you talk about a quarterback that wants to push the ball downfield that's matthew stafford's mo and the rams don't really have any receivers outside of deshaun jackson or now tutu outwell i guess too but uh that can stretch the field vertically and now deshaun jackson's coming home you know with that los angeles connection uh he's you know, on the latter part of his career, he said this might be his final season. So, you know, he wants to go out with some pride and, and put, you know, his city on the map kind of thing. So I tend to think it will be Deshaun Jackson at that spot, but there's definitely a lot of competition there. You have Deshaun Jackson, you have second year player band Jefferson, who's very similar in that woods and cup mold, who, you know, impressed in very, very small spurts last year in his rookie season. And then I just mentioned him as well, two two another second round pick another rookie this season. So uh, a embarrassment of Richards uh, almost, you know, at this spot, but I tend to think that the Rams are going to give the veteran, you know, the first crack at really securing that wide receiver 3 job.
0: So, Sacramento's so Lockdown Rams joins us here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast with Bo Brock. And, uh, you know, we talk about an embarrassment of riches. You look on the other side of the football. I mean, this was one of your top defenses in the league, but some key pieces exited this off season. Josh Johnson, Troy Hill, uh, both those guys head to Cleveland. You've got Michael Brockers now in Detroit. Uh, is there more pressure now as far as your stars on the defensive side of the football, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey,
1: to kind of carry this unit this season? I think so. And, you know, the biggest loss you, you didn't even mention, it might've been Brandon Staley, the defensive yeah. coordinator, who's now Good a head coach, obviously for the chargers. And, you know, it's going to be a big transitional period. I don't know how the Rams are going to look in terms of what they want to do schematically. Raheem Morris is now the new D coordinator. You know, he runs a lot of different things than Brandon Staley does, but you look back to last year, that was the best defensive football. You want to try to obviously keep as much of that in you know place and in house as possible, but at the end of the day, you have a different coordinator and he's going to do things differently. So uh, it's very interesting to see. I think, like you mentioned, though, it is going to be a lot more pressure on the Aaron Donalds, the Jalen Ramsey's, the Darius Williams, because you lose a John Johnson, who's, you know, probably a top five, top 10 safety in the league is an elite player. Troy Hill, a very steady player at that nickel spot, two pieces that were huge losses in what was these best secondary in football last year. So uh, a lot of losses, you know, I think they're pretty well equipped to try and replace these guys, but. Of course, a lot of unknowns. We don't really know what's going to happen. But definitely, I think, you know, there's going to be a lot more on the shoulders of guys like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey.
0: You you got to imagine that they understand that, right? They're going to they're going to command these huge salaries. There's not going to be a lot of money to go around elsewise. And you have to say goodbye to some other pieces. I'm sure that Donald A.D. and uh, Jalen Ramsey understand that because they're making so much money, they have to kind of make some consolations.
1: Yeah, you know, that's kind of like the old age question there is uh, you want everyone around you and especially Jalen Ramsey, his recruiting efforts this offseason were kind of wild. I mean, (laughs) any player that was rumored to potentially be unhappy, he was on Twitter, he was on Instagram going after them, uh, but there's only so much money to go around. And you mentioned it. you know, Jalen Ramsey, the highest paid corner, Aaron Donald, the highest paid or, you know, one of the highest paid defensive linemen. And I think they're well aware, you know, you know, you got to kind of put, you know, a little bit more on your shoulders, especially when all these good players are walking on that side of the ball. So uh, two players that I think are capable of stepping up and they've showed that in the past, but definitely a lot on their shoulders right now.
0: I mean, Aaron Donald, whatever he makes, as far as salary is concerned, it's not enough, right? I mean, yeah. he's just he's by far he's probably the best he's the best player player on that side of the football if not in football altogether. One last question for Sosa Cremengas of Lockdown Rams here on the Lockdown NFL podcast and it's, you know, a loaded question, but is LA the team to beat in the NFC West this year?
1: You know, I think they probably are. Um of course, I think the NFC West in general is going to be a bloodbath like it typically <laughs> always is. I yeah. mean, you got four teams that I think you can make a really good case for any of these teams to be in the playoffs. I mean, I don't even know if it's possible for four teams to get in, but if there was a division that you know could send four teams in the same year to the playoffs, I think it's this one. Uh, but I do think the Rams are just maybe a little bit ahead. You, know, you got the Seahawks, which are always very solid, but they got plenty of question marks as well. The 49ers who can't stay healthy, it seems like. But again, you know, they got a new quarterback. They could be a lot more intriguing there. And the Cardinals, you know, the the team you and uh, Alex covered, which I think is like one of the more underrated teams in the league right now. And a lot of, you know, interesting pieces that they added too. But, uh, you know, I just look at the Rams. I think the roster is built very well. And not only that, but they know how to lean on the pieces that they need, you know, to step up. They do a really good job of knowing who they are and really focusing on that. And then, you know, obviously you got some extra pieces around that aren't going to be as good like the inside linebacker position, for example. But, you know, even going back to last year, the defense never really suffered because of it because they know, you know, where they're strong, where their strengths are, and they know how to double down on those. So I feel like, you know, with a new quarterback, presumably an upgrade, you would think. Uh, They should be the team to beat, but I think it's going to be very, very close. Tremendous insight on a daily basis about one of the top teams in the NFC.
0: Check out Sosa Creminges on- Twitter at QB MVPs. And of course, locked on Rams, wherever you find your podcast. Sosa, thank you so much, man.
1: Of course, man. I appreciate you having me.
0: Dallas and Pittsburgh heading the training camp later this week. The first two teams to do so Dallas, they tried to revamp that defense all off season long, but still a lot of pressure on that offense. How good does the offense have to be in big D Landon McCool of locked on Cowboys answers that question. And Chris Carter, of Locked On Steelers tells us why Big Ben Roethlisberger is one of the most polarizing players in the NFL. It's coming up. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Wine door often pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning at the counter while you wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer. You have access to rockauto.com at home and right there in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, hundred percent more on the same parts from chain store or your car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com, a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And how did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So the Dallas Cowboys Pittsburgh Steelers are the first teams to open up training camp as they prepare for the Hall of Fame game on August 5th. Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys, Chris Carter of Locked On, NFL and Locked On Steelers. Join Ross Jackson and Cody York on Locked On NFL Sunday. Yesterday, you can catch a full replay of that episode on our YouTube channel at Locked On NFL. I want to highlight a couple answers from the guys today. Landon McCool he says that the bar is set very high for this Cowboys offense.
2: We want defenses to be worn out. I mean, we need defenses to be worn out. We need this team to score thirty points a game. We need this team to, to put. We need this team to be at the very minimum a top three offense in the NFL. And, and 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 maybe the best scoring offense in the nfl i think they have the capacity to do that um you know when Dak was healthy last year they were on pace to uh, obviously he was on pace to break shatter passing yards uh, records uh, but beyond that too they were scoring points at a cr- crazy high rate even despite the fact that they were having an, an unusually high tick of, of turnovers uh, which was also setting them back early on in the season so You know, we can talk about the defense in a second, but the state of the defense kind of puts us in a spot where we need this offense to be incredibly productive, incredibly impressive because we need to force teams to chase us in points uh, because if we get into a slugfest where we're trying to go back and forth and it becomes a defensive battle, uh, you know, we'll find out exactly what we get out of this defense, but I'm not exactly sure that this is the kind of unit that is going to be expected to lead us on the defensive side to the playoffs and into the Super Bowl beyond it's gets all kind of falling on the offense at this point
0: top three offense with that embarrassment of riches is is certainly possible in Big D but uh, it, it really is setting up the Dallas Cowboys in 2021 to have zero margin for error unless they are a top offense in the league McCool did then answer the question or pretty much gave us the state of the D in Big D
2: well, it's a lot of unknown. I mean, they certainly brought in numbers. I mean, I think they drafted 11 defensive players and, and, and then some uh, you know defensive additions on the free agent market and, and maybe some you know addition by subtraction, to be honest, as well. So uh, I, I think you know, it's, it's, they have a lot of answers. I don't know yet if any of them are any good. I think that's the, that's the thing is that they brought in numbers to hope that a combination – okay, if this guy can hit and this guy can hit here, we can be working – um, you know but they have a ton of young guys in the secondary they have a ton of young guys in the defensive line and I think you know those were the spots where the Cowboys really struggled and, and despite the fact that they invested so much in linebackers and now they have I think 45 people playing linebacker at this point uh, you know they, they they need what they what they really need is our hits on the defensive tackle spot and, and the safety and cornerback spot because uh, really the defensive tackle play was was the main cause of a lot of the problems with the linebacker play last year and the inability to, uh, you know, either keep the offensive lineman off the linebackers or to disrupt behind the line of scrimmage and and basically being able to do neither uh, really made the job of the linebackers even more difficult. And and frankly, the secondary as well, because they can't cover forever. Um, And I think that with, you know, little pass rush and, and really, you know, uh, Demarcus Lawrence being the only consistent pass rusher for a while, as we saw Alden Smith kind of fall off, and before Randy Gregory was <laughs> allowed back into the defense, uh, it was it was very it was really difficult to kind of get anything going or to stop anybody at any point. So, you know, there's we're hoping Trayvon Diggs takes another step forward. We liked what we saw from him last year. The question now becomes who's going to be the opposite starter at cornerback? They have guys. They've got a lot of really good like. CB3 and CB4 guys like they I think there's depth but they desperately need to find another guy with digs to play in that secondary to kind of provide some stability there because you're right like they could not stop the bleeding at any point last year and, and when the Cowboys offense really started to fall off and, and when the focus became only on Zeke uh, to, to run the ball. Without any kind of quarterback play, it was not a winning formula uh, because the defense just was not anywhere up to snuff to stop people uh, to, to scoring points to the point where the Cowboys could keep up with Andy
0: Dalton at quarterback. Yeah, great insight from Landon there. The biggest takeaways: Dallas is basically the Seattle Seahawks from last year. Now Seattle improved significantly throughout the year on the defensive side of the football, but at the end of the day, high-powered offense and not enough defense to really contend. Uh, But Zeke, I think that's going to be key as far as Dallas getting back on track as far as wins and losses because, you know, he'll be huge. If your defense still can't stop a nosebleed, the Cowboys are going to have to win by putting games away on the ground with Zeke uh, who sputtered without Dak? Fumbled six times in 2020. Another takeaway is uh, Landon McCool is a wee guy. What do we think about that? Yeah, well, when talking about the Dallas Cowboys, he said we. I'm not a wee guy personally. I think the only way you can be, you can say we when referring to yourself and a sports team is if you worked for the organization or if you're talking about a college that you attended. The Steelers are the Dallas Cowboys opponent in Canton for the Hall of Fame game, a team that was 11-0, and the last undefeated team of the 2020 NFL season, and then quickly the wheels fell off. It looked like they hit a wall, uh, and a lot of that fell on the shoulders of quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. And Big Ben has
3: become quite the polarizing figure in the NFL entering his 18th season. There's such a duality between the national perception of Ben Roethlisberger and the local perception of Ben Roethlisberger, because nationally you hear this guy's done. You got Mike Tannenbaum every week saying he's the worst quarterback in the world. They sh- he should have retired 12 years ago. Then I would have made the AFC championship with the New York jets or the, the Super Bowl with the New York jets. But you know, you, you get that perception, but locally there's the side that's like, Hey, Ben's great. He can do no wrong. And so I always try to get by that middle ground. Right. I try to say like, Hey, With 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 Ben Roethlisberger, you know you're getting a guy who's going to come and give you his best. You know he's going to know what the offense is. He still has a decent arm. He's got the size, and this is his franchise. He knows what that is, and he's a good guy in that respect. But you also know he's not the most cerebral quarterback. He's not Tom Brady. You know, he can dink and dunk for a little bit. He can outsmart you here and there. But if you try to do it too much, that's when you run into troubles with him. So there's excitement. When it comes to Steelers fans, everybody's really excited to see him get back and him be back. Um, the the vibe is that this guy is really healthy. Uh, there were reports were coming out that not only is he healthy, this is maybe the best, the most healthy he's been. He said he's been his diet has been extremely strict, and one source even said it was stricter than Tom Brady's. Which I was like, listen, oh, that means you, you you're just eating grass at that point. You're just eating leaves. Um, but uh, uh, but in all seriousness. Everything that we're hearing about Ben is that he's ready to go. And one thing that Ben himself pointed out to us in minicamp, he said, you know, at the end of last year, my arm was tired. But that's because I was rehabbing my elbow for months before the season. He's like, I threw a thousand passes before we even got to minicamp last year. So my arm did tire out. But this year, I feel so much more confident in this going into things. Last year, he was like, I'm not sure. He wasn't sure if I was going to get through the first month of football. Now he knows I can do this again.
0: It's pretty fascinating to hear that perspective from Chris Carter of Lockdown Steelers. And he also mentioned while he joined Cody and Ross Jackson on Lockdown NFL uh Sundays is that the Steelers are trying to get back to what their old calling card used to be. That's running the football and defense.
3: Oh man. As soon as they lost the playoff games to the Browns, it was clear they're like, this run game has to come back. And that was something that Art Rooney said. He said the run game will be better. And, you know, some people were like, okay, the owner saying that Mike Tomlin in a press conference after that was like, oh, no, the boss said the run game got to get better, so the run game got to get better. They uh, Mar- 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 Marquise Pouncey retired, and Marquise Pouncey, for the great center that he was for a decade in the NFL – he was just not the same guy his legs weren't the same you know he had the bad snap in the playoff game in the first play of the game that put the steelers in the hole he just he wasn't the same physical guy that could get out and be a lead blocker at center they draft Kendrick Green to replace him Alejandro Villanueva Wasn't really as you know where he where he was a few years ago. They they let him go. Even David DeCastro, whose injuries continued to just pile up on him, they had to let him go. They signed Trey Turner. They have Zach Banner back, who looked really good early on last year before he got hurt and out for the season. Chakuma Corfor, who was okay at 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 right tackle, but he definitely looks more like a left tackle, a guy who is uh, he he wants to be that pass protector more so than the run blocker. Um, And they have Kevin Dotson, who last year had an extremely impressive rookie season coming out being a fourth round pick. That's your starting offensive line now there's a much more sense with Adrian Clem, the new offensive line coach. He's like, we're here to be physical. We're not going to be – last year they even said, like, you know, the, the plan was to preserve the older offensive linemen because they, they had three guys that were in their 30s. And they said, we don't want to get these guys hurt. We don't want to get Ben hurt. You, what you don't you, want you to do is fire off with two steps and seal your man. Don't try to bowl them over. Don't try to push them down the field. Just seal your guy. This year, all bets are off. They're, they're pushing everyone they want to do. They want to be the bullies again. That's the offensive line. And, and of course – what helps? What's the best help to an offensive line, but a great running back, and I think they've got one in Najee Harris with how explosive he is. He catches the ball out of the backfield, catches the ball lining up like a wide receiver, does one-handed catches, run really good routes, and at on top of being a guy who can run in between the tackles, run outside the tackles, hurdle over defenders. They want this run game to be what keeps Ben Roethlisberger around and healthy. Because now instead of throwing 40 to 50 times a game, maybe he throws closer to 30, 35, and maybe on a big day, a 40 pass game. But they want this run game to, balance the offense out because they were dead last in both runs or uh, uh, total yardage in on the ground and yards per carry on the ground in the nfl that's unacceptable to them and but you know one thing to put in perspective guys is to remember you go back to the, the last like 10 years most teams that, that finished like that they were 4 and 12 you know 5, 5 and 11 3 and 13 the students were 12 and 4 with the worst rushing game in football you're now you're getting basically most of your defense back. You're getting you're getting a, a new offensive line, a new running back, the same receivers, a healthier Ben Roethlisberger. That, that that that's a little more promising to work behind that aging quarterback.
0: Really great insight from Chris Carter and Landon McCool as they join Ross Jackson and Cody Rourke on Locked On NFL Sundays. Check them out. Uh, the entire episode, both those interviews in their entirety. On our YouTube channel at Locked On NFL. Landon had a very interesting take on Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy and his temperature, in the temperature of his seat. And then Chris tells us who the next great Steelers defender is as TJ Watt has emerged. There's a new up and comer. Check all of that out on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And uh, starting next week, this show will be. Able to be watched on our YouTube channel as well. You'll get to see my ugly face, along with my terrible takes. Yeah, make sure you're subscribed already to Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Hit that alerts button so you don't miss an episode. Tomorrow, it's Ross Jackson and, of course, Lucas Braun. They're going to be hooking you up with insight on the Miami Dolphins. Kyle Krabs is going to preview what the Fens are up to before they report to training camp. And what's the latest on all-pro corner Xavier Howard. Is he going to find his way out of South Beach before the start of the 2021 season? You'll have to tune in to listen to Ross Jackson, Lucas Braun break it down with Kyle Krabs. Plus, they've got an outlook on your fantasy football team. Look, it's fantasy football draft season. It's upon us, and you need all the insight you can get. Luke and Ross, they're going to hook you up on tomorrow's Locked On NFL podcast. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Network at B-O-B-R-A-C-K. Have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great week. I'll talk to you guys next week on the Locked On NFL Podcast. The Bucks are one win away from winning the NBA Finals. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes on the Locked On Today Podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow the Locked On Today Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.